Please pray with me. O Lord, our God, you are God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. You are the Lord of hosts, wonderful in counsel and great in wisdom. You are the Lord and there is no savior besides you. From ancient days you are he and no one can deliver out of your hand. You act and who can reverse it? Father God, we praise you for your mercy and your grace. Give us now a clear-eyed view of the beauty of your salvation as we look at Joshua chapter 2. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would crucify my flesh, fill me with your power to teach your word with accuracy and with a great passion for who you are and all that you have done, are doing, and promised to do. This I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. What makes your heart melt? My heart melted with love the first time I saw my son holding my beautiful granddaughter. My heart melted with sorrow when a dear friend lost her only son. And my heart melted with compassion watching the devastation of yet another hurricane in Florida. Hearts melt when you feel love, affection, or sympathy for someone or something. When your heart melts, it affects you emotionally and you cannot control the feeling. We use the word heart to refer to our deepest feelings and beliefs. A heart-melting experience is one that produces strong emotion, especially love, sadness, or sympathy. However, in Scripture, melting hearts are usually associated with discouragement and fear. Listen to Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 15. Let their hearts melt with terror. For the sword glitters at every gate. It flashes like lightning and is polished for slaughter. You and I, we need hearts that melt with fear. Not in the fear of worldly troubles, but with a proper fear of the Lord. While the hearts of all the citizens of Jericho melted in fear, Rahab's heart melted in faith. She believed in Israel's one true God, and she acted on that belief. Her story shows us God's impartiality and how he pursues his people with an irresistible grace. The truth we see revealed in Joshua chapter 2 is that God pursues his people with an irresistible grace. We will look at that truth in two divisions, heart-melting God and heart-melting grace. So our first division is heart-melting God. Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Open your Bibles and follow along with me. Verse 1. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. Now, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 11, Joshua tells the officers of the people to prepare to enter the promised land in three days. Now, we read that God had a special purpose for those three days of preparation, and that included sending two secret spies on a reconnaissance mission. Joshua wisely sends these spies out secretly 
The last spy adventure, recorded in Numbers chapter 13, was public knowledge and it ended in disaster. Most of the spies came back with a discouraging report that resulted in Israel's unbelief and rebellion against God's good plan for his covenant people. However, Joshua believed God that first time he went into the promised land, and he believed God now. Entrusted with leading the nation of Israel into enemy territory, he wisely went in to assess the mission. Most commentators believe that God directed Joshua to send the spies, because spies searching out the land is not the real subject of Joshua chapter 2. The real story is that God was searching out Rahab, a woman on whom he has placed his electing love, a woman in whom he has implanted his irresistible grace. Rahab, a prostitute living in the city wall of Jericho. She was someone who, according to human standards, seemed impossible or even unworthy to save. You and I, we know people that seem impossible or unworthy to save. But the Bible assures us that God's hand is not too short or too weak to save such people. This assures us that his all-sufficient power works in amazing ways to save our impossible to save loved ones. This compels us to share the gospel even with those we deem unworthy of salvation. God is a heart-melting God. He pursues his people with an irresistible grace. What a comfort this is. His irresistible grace is a doctrine precious to those who pray for unbelieving family members and friends. Of the doctrine of irresistible grace, R.C. Sproul says that God's grace is so powerful that it has the capacity to overcome our natural resistance to it. He says he prefers the term effectual grace rather than irresistible grace because this grace affects what God intends to affect by it. God melts hearts with his astounding grace, even the hearts of those society deems unworthy. Rahab fits that bill. She's a prostitute. Some people are embarrassed or scandalized that the two spies went to the house of a prostitute. They try to say that Rahab was simply an innkeeper, but the language is very clear. She was a prostitute. One commentator says that it was a stroke of genius for the spies to go there. A prostitute's home was a perfect place for foreigners to hide out and remain anonymous. The spies needed to hide because the city of Jericho was on high alert. News of the impending arrival of the Israelites and their powerful God was circulating among the people. The king is immediately told about the arrival of the spies in verse 2. Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Even though the spies were staying with Rahab, there is no hint of immoral behavior on their part. What is highlighted instead is Rahab's spunk and courage. Verses 3 through 7. 
Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to close at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the way to Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. As the pursuers set out in hot pursuit of the spies, God was in hot pursuit of Rahab and her family. This reveals God's impartial character. Rahab was a pagan from Canaan, specifically an Amorite. The Amorites were just one of the many people who occupied Canaan at that time. God was preparing to pour out his wrath against the Canaanites for their wickedness. But the Amorites were singled out for a particular condemnation for their sins of corruption and depraved religious practices, including child sacrifice. Instead of melting in fear, Rahab hid the two Israelite spies, God's covenant people. In doing so, she puts her own life on the line for these men. Rahab exhibits a faith that is decidedly Christ-like. She literally lays her life down for the people of God and for her own family. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. How willingly do you lay down your life, your, your rights, your wants, your fears, your doubts, and your prejudices? I mean, how willingly do you lay down all of that for the sake of those who do not yet know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? Rahab lays everything down for the sake of her family. Still, Many people are bothered by her story. Not only is she a prostitute, she brazenly lies to the king of Jericho to protect the Israelite spies. The Bible simply reports Rahab's lie. It does not praise it or excuse it. Dishonesty or lying is a sin in God's eyes. Rahab's lie is not justified but it does show courage. Confronted with the choice that meant the death of the two spies, Rahab does what comes naturally to every sinner. She lies. What this passage makes abundantly clear is that Rahab is a sinner in need of a savior. Praise God, he is in the business of saving sinners. The gospel is for those who know they are sinners, and God pursues his people with an irresistible grace. It is important to stress that Rahab was not saved because she hid the spies and lied to the king. She was saved by her faith. She had heard about how God had performed powerful deeds for Israel, 
and decided she wanted to trust him for her very life. Her confession of faith is in verses 8 through 11 when she says, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. The citizens of Jericho and all the people of Canaan melted in fear at the news that Israel and her wonder-working God were headed their way. God is a heart-melting God. His grace toward his people melts their hearts in love, gratitude, and faith. But his wrath against sinners melts their hearts in fear. Pagans, idolaters who prayed to other gods, melted in fear of what Israel's God had done and was doing. This was often not true of the Israelites. It's often not true of Christians today. We have lost our proper fear of the Lord. We fail to stand in awe of his power and might. We fail to preach the greatness of God's saving grace to our souls and to others. Rahab, she knew far, far less about God. It is likely that all she knew of him was told to her by men who frequented her establishment. But it was enough to melt her heart in faith. In verse 9, Rahab declares that she knows that the Lord has given Israel the land, referring to the land in which she lives, the land where she is a citizen. Her knowledge of God reveals his sovereign power at work in bringing Rahab and the spies together. Scripture teaches that all sinners are dead in their trespasses and sins, dead, unresponsive to God or anything else. Until the Holy Spirit comes and breathes new life into us, we are completely unable to respond to God. The new birth breathed into dead sinners by the Holy Spirit is known as the doctrine of regeneration. Sinners are naturally resistant to God's grace. The Holy Spirit must regenerate the spirits of dead sinners and implant faith in them before they can respond to God's saving grace. God revealed himself as the God of salvation to a dead in her sins, Rahab. This means the Holy Spirit had regenerated Rahab's spirit and God's irresistible grace had been poured out on her. When Rahab declares that she knows or trusts in God's power to give Israel the land, she uses the past tense. I know the Lord has given 
you the land. This knowledge gives her a proper fear of God. For Rahab, Israel's God is the one true heart-melting God. She says, the fear of you has fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Heart-melting fear filled the people of Jericho at the news of Israel's impending arrival. This fear was a result of what they had heard of the incredible power of Israel's God. The God who parted the Red Sea to save his people. The God who defeated two powerful Amorite kings, Sihon and Og. Rahab and the people of Jericho were awestruck by the power of Israel's God. Their hearts melted in fear. Verse 11. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Rahab did not remain frozen in fear. Instead, she makes a bold declaration of faith. She acknowledges that Israel's God is the God of heaven and earth. Rahab shows great faith risking her life to protect God's people. James connects her faith with her deeds in James chapter 2, verse 25, where he asks, Was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Rahab was not saved because of her deeds, but her deeds revealed her faith in God was genuine. She risked everything because she believed in God's power. She grabbed hold of God's covenant promises for herself and her family, all because the Lord God Almighty had melted her heart with his irresistible grace. So our first truth is hearts melted by God's irresistible grace. Respond to him with the confession of faith. How has God pursued you or your loved ones with his irresistible grace? Which past deeds or powerful acts of God cause your heart to melt? Does your melted heart cry out in fear or with faith? Rahab's story proves that no one is beyond God's ability to save. It reveals that he delights to pursue sinners and pour out his irresistible grace upon them. It gives you and me true biblical hope for our lost loved ones. God sent two Israelite spies on a divine mission to bring back his lost and elect sheep, Rahab. He went ahead of them and prepared her heart with his irresistible grace to receive them protect them, and to relate to them how she had heard about the miraculous deeds of their God. God had already informed Rahab about his sovereign power and reign, not just over the Israelites, but over all creation. Hence, Rahab's confession of faith when she says, For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. The heart-melting God 
has the power to pull Rahab out of the horrible pit of sin's tumult and destruction and place her feet on the solid rock of faith. Her response to Israel's God shows us that hearts melted by God's irresistible grace respond to him with great faith. This is what makes his grace so amazing, so heart-melting. Our second division reveals even more about God's heart-melting grace. Our second division is heart-melting grace, Joshua chapter 2, verses 12 through 24. Following her confession of faith, Rahab boldly seeks God's mercy. In verses 12 through 13, she says, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. Rahab's request is further evidence of her faith. Commentator Dale Davis says that genuine faith never rests content with being convinced of the reality of God, but presses on to take refuge in God. Rahab not only must know the clear truth about God, but also must escape the coming wrath of God. Saving faith is always like this. It never stops brooding over the nature or activity of God, but always runs to take refuge under his wings. Amazingly, Rahab not only trembles before the terror of the Lord, but also senses that there might be mercy in this fearful God. What but the touch of Yahweh's hand could have created such faith in the heart of this pagan harlot? Rahab sees the coming wrath of Israel's God against her people for their sin. She acts to save herself and her family. Why would she believe he would save a Gentile? Even worse, an Amorite prostitute? Had she also heard about the foreigners who joined the ranks of God's people when he rescued them out of Egypt? God has always shown himself to be impartial even as he set Israel apart as a chosen nation in covenant with him. There have always been foreigners, Gentiles, or pagans who join the ranks of God's people. God has always been inclusive in this regard. In fact, Israel was called to be a light to the Gentiles, to invite them into the fold of God's people, not exclude them. In Ezekiel 47, verses 21 through 23, God specifies that the sojourners among his people were to be given an inheritance in the promised land, just like the Israelites. Faith in God is what counts, not heritage or birthright. In Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 35, the Apostle Peter says, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Though no one is worthy, God extends his heart-melting grace 
to sinners like you and me. This makes God's grace so amazing. It should melt our hearts with proper fear and genuine faith. When Rahab seeks assurance from the, from the spies by asking for an oath, it reveals her heart has been melted by God's irresistible grace. She chooses to leave her sinful life and depraved culture behind to join God's people. She wants their God to be her God. Indeed, she placed her faith in God and she was included in the people of God. This is solid evidence that God pursues his people with an irresistible grace. Rahab ended up marrying an Israelite from the tribe of Judah and is included in Jesus' family tree. The spies also note God as an impartial God. Verse 14, And the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Note that the spies do not quibble about Rahab's sinful profession or her sinful heritage. They do not tell her she's excluded because she is not a Jew. Instead, they immediately agree to Rahab's request, agreeing to deal kindly and faithfully with her. In response, Rahab executes her plan to keep the spies safe. In verses 15 through 16, she uses a rope to lower them through the window of her house, which is built into the city wall. She sends them into the hills to hide from their pursuers for three days. Before leaving, the spies give Rahab a plan to keep her and her family safe. Verses 17 through 20, the men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made with us you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your mother and father, your brothers, and all your father's household. Then, if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone, who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. The terms of the spies' agreement with Rahab include tying a scarlet cord in the window and gathering her family into her house. The scarlet cord is reminiscent of the blood of the lamb painted on the doorpost of the Israelites during the final plague in Egypt. When the angel of death passed through Egypt, killing the firstborn of every human and every animal, those with the lamb's blood on their doorpost were passed over. In the same way, the scarlet cord would ensure that God's judgment against Canaan would pass over Rahab and her family. This points to Jesus' shed blood, which covers the sin of all who place their faith in him, so that the judgment of death passes over them. Instead of the judgment of death, believers receive eternal life.
Anyone not covered by his blood is not protected. The spies tell Rahab the same thing. If anyone in Rahab's family left her home, it signaled their refusal to accept Israel's God as the one true God. Their blood would be on their own head. The Israelites end by telling Rahab all this would happen if she kept quiet about them and their business in Jericho. Verse 21 records Rahab's Amen. She says, according to your words, so be it. Then she sends them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Rahab continues to exhibit genuine faith. She believes the spies. More than that, she believes God and she acts on that belief by tying the scarlet cord in the window. In verses 22 through 24, the narrative returns to the spies and their report. It appears that Rahab's acts of faith were contagious. They go back to Joshua and recount all they've learned from Rahab. Truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands, and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. On the cusp of entering the promised land to take possession of it, Israel needed this assurance, this inspiration. Their hearts needed to be melted by God's irresistible grace so that they too would respond to him with great acts of faith, just like the Amorite prostitute, Rahab. Our second truth is that hearts melted by God's irresistible grace respond to him with great acts, acts of great faith. Hearts melted by God's irresistible grace respond to him with acts of great faith. How does Rahab's genuine faith inspire you to trust God with your current difficulties? Which acts of great faith will you take because your heart has been melted by God's irresistible grace. God is all-powerful, all-sufficient. He parted the Red Sea to rescue his people. He defeated the fierce enemies dwelling in the Promised Land one by one. He raised Jesus Christ from the dead. How can we not respond to him with acts of great faith? Though we, like Rahab, were once dead in our sins. God, who is rich in mercy and loves us, gave his life for us. By grace, we are saved. Grace alone. Believers are trophies of God's grace, displays of his grace. The way his people live should make the grace of the gospel attractive and irresistible to the lost. If God has melted your heart with his irresistible grace, you must respond to him with acts of great faith. What about God's irresistible grace melts your heart? The church today needs hearts that melt at the amazing grace of God. Hearts that are awestruck by the merciful, gracious work God is doing. 
hearts that see and are humbled at how God is actively working in our world. We need softened hearts that respond in reverent fear to the miraculous works of God. The problem is, by nature, you and I have hearts of stone. How do we change a heart of stone into a melting heart? God must do it. He is a heart-melting God. In Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27, he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Ezekiel describes a new heart that is melted by the amazing and irresistible grace of God. This is the kind of heart Rahab possessed. What about yours? Has your heart been melted by God's irresistible grace? Please pray with me. O Sovereign Lord, you command us to be strong and courageous. You command us to not be frightened or dismayed. You know that we cannot do this apart from you. O God, you have declared that you are with us wherever we go. You sovereignly reign over everything that happens or does not happen. And you promise to never leave us or forsake us. You are the all-sufficient God. We want to walk in complete obedience to your will. We want to live to the praise of your glory this day and every day. By your glorious grace, strengthen us to exhibit genuine faith by doing acts of great faith. This we ask in the precious name above all names, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Thank you.